0: Rare rare um, on with us for this edition of Lightshed Live. We have Nicola Julia, who is, I believe, the founder, as well as Ryan Spoon, who we who's come on as the COO and someone that we know from his past lives at ESPN and at MGM. And just to kind of uh, to get started, why don't you one of you guys level set us and explain to our audience exactly what so rare is and what you guys um are trying to build
1: yeah th- thank you brandon and and thank you for having us very excited to have this chat with you all um, so fr- from a high level perspective uh, our product uh is a fantasy game uh, where you can play with officially licensed uh, nft collectibles so that's that's what it is uh, uh you know a fantasy game where you truly own your uh game items where you can play them across the seasons where you can trade them freely uh so that's that's what the product uh is uh and so the company is four years old um i've been in the in the crypto space for seven years now so I've, I've seen some ups and downs. Uh, and, uh, and so we, uh, we, uh, we, we, we saw this NFT technology popping up in 18 with my co-founder, Adrian. And we were like, uh, it's going to change the way we own digital things, uh, because you can authenticate and secure something digital. And um, one cool feature, because you can do this, is uh, digital scarcity and digital collecting that is being unlocked. Uh, and human beings have been collecting in the physical space for centuries. So we were like, OK, we could be into something could be uh, behind this and we were massive sports fans so we were like let's bring all the top leagues and pay our unions on top of this so that we have an emotional connection uh, and officially licensed NFTs but I think what set us apart in the broader NFT space um is the usage value, the experiential value. What can you do with the NFT? This is a question that we've been asked a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really what set us apart. Yes, you can collect, yes, you can trade, uh, but you're gonna engage every day in cool games uh with those NFTs. Uh and uh, I think again that's that's what set us apart and that's what brings the users to really stick uh with uh, with the, the the you know the game and the product uh, uh over the
0: I've sort of thought about your um, company as a cross between, say, an NBA top shots and an ultimate team in FIFA or, or fantasy sports. Is that an accurate way to kind of couch what you guys are doing?
1: I think I think it's uh, uh, it's, it's more between uh, uh, collectibles, uh, as you mentioned, uh, and uh, and fantasy. Uh, I, I think that uh, that would be like uh, maybe maybe a, a better way. Even if yeah, obviously there's some uh, some comparisons that are possible uh, with uh, you mentioned ultimate team, but actually actually it's a good point. Let, let's dive into this because uh, because actually we are built. Totally differently from Ultimate Team, like totally like upside down. Like uh, Ultimate Team, you you cannot like reuse uh, your players across the seasons. You need to buy again. Uh, you cannot trade them uh, for real money. You cannot move them. Uh, uh, you know, in in a different game or different world. you, you are locked into a closed ecosystem. So we have a lot of respect, obviously, like the, the amazing games, but we are doing things like just the opposite way. Uh, so I, I think maybe, yeah, the, the right way to put it is between uh, uh, co- a mix between collectibles and uh, and fantasy.
2: And so like if I think about like we've had tops on Lightshed before, we've done, you know, meetings with them. And uh, I think we're actually going to have the fanatic team that's sort of taking over a lot of those contracts. Um, Michael's going to be on at some point over the next month or so the difference between sort of just a pure trading card, you know, which I think we, you know, we've all, I think probably all of us have collected some form of trading card sports card in our lives. And this is the fact that it's not just a piece of art effectively is that there is that sort of utility. And I guess the question is, is, you know, how do you sort of like think about what's enough utility to interest somebody like, you know, because obviously people are still paying tons of money. You know, Brandon's been trying to get me to buy a Bored Ape for a long time. Um, we'll see whether that was a good or bad decision ultimately. But, you know, essentially the the question is, is like, how much utility do you really need to make something, to make an NFT really have a meaningful value?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting question. Um, I believe that uh, by, by themselves, NFT collectibles are going to be 10 times bigger as a market than physical collectibles. Um, even if like, let's put the the utility value uh, aside for for a second and just think about the intrinsic properties of NFT collectibles. So you have backed scarcity. So as a collector, you know exactly the supply uh, of like a certain count and that is protected by the blockchain. And we have seen in the physical space that this is something you cannot trust uh, the publisher. So having like some, some certainty around this, I think is very valuable for the collector. So that's one. Uh, second is traceability uh it's way uh it, it's like you have a, like an audit trail right uh of the of the of the change of ownership so you can know that your nft collectible has been uh, has been owned by lebron james or trot or whoever before so that could enhance the, and, and, and increase the value of the collectible itself and that could also help uh ip owners like the leagues the unions to collect royalties on the secondary market so that's opening a brand new revenue stream for them uh so that's traceability um then uh so you have uh so backed in uh back in scarcity you have traceability uh and uh you have uh, uh tradability it's much more easier uh, to exchange and to trade you d- you don't have to go authenticate the collectible to mail it like it's much more easier uh to trade it so you just Take the intrinsic features of these collectibles. Uh, I think that make them like, like very appealing. And as our lives are becoming digital and our status, who we are, uh, you know, part of it is becoming digital. It's not crazy to think that you know this is what pe- people uh, we will want in the future. Obviously, like the physical will stay, uh, and and you know, like it's not eating into this. But but this is definitely something in my mind that's going to be ten times bigger. And then you have the utility value that comes on top of it. You can do stuff like uh, not only you can, you know, show them uh, to your friends that come home, uh, but you can also show them to the world and use them uh, in in a lot of games. So, um, yeah, sorry for the the long answer, but I think...
3: If I might uh, interject here, um, that last part you kind of rolled over very quickly and you can also use them in games. And isn't that effectively... The difference and the utility and maybe it, it would be useful to spend some time discussing these games and how they work and how engaging they are and and, and that um so forth and so forth. Uh, so what's how uh, i said that so far and so forth no i sort on up. and so forth thank you it was the on that i was forgetting
2: it has it's been a long it's been a long week it's been a very long week so we're we're excuse walt went to vegas, vegas this week so yeah so
3: that's still clouding my brain you gotta excuse him Thank so, you,
2: Walter, Just rephrasing to
1: make sure I understand your point. So, you, what you basically, saying the
3: utility that... is having these cards, you know, integrated into the game, right? I mean, that seems to me like the primary kind of difference here. And you seem to kind of end with that, <clears throat> um, but isn't that kind of the strength of of what you are? And maybe you could go into like what, describing more about the games and the utility yeah, and yeah, cards. Okay, Thank sure. you.
1: I totally agree that that's really what set us apart. Uh, I was just highlighting the fact that, you know, uh, NFT collectibles by themselves, are, you know, have some very cool properties, right? Uh, but exactly, that's what set us apart. Uh, and so you can use these collectibles in our game, which is a fantasy game. So, uh, uh, you know, you would uh, um, compose a team uh, with uh, the nft collectibles that you own uh based on the performance of the player on the pitch you would score points with your team uh and uh and then you you would get ranked uh against other other managers uh across the world uh and get rewards based on your on your ranking so you would have like uh, uh tournaments uh um uh, like for soccer it's uh two uh, tournaments a week uh and uh and uh and and you would progress uh based on how you, how you ranked in in this uh, in this tournament so that's uh that's the basic, the, the basic product loop. Um, and maybe, Ren, you want to, to expand on, uh, on, on this one?
4: No, I, I think that's, that's right. There is, the, NF, the NFT for us is a means to achieve the pieces that Nico just described. Guarantee the ownership, guarantee the uh, scarcity. And, and we can talk about kind of how scarcity works with us, but it's very core to our philosophy and to enable both the visibility of those things, but also the, um, the trading, the buy, sell, mm-hmm. trading. Um, so before we get into that,
3: because that's the value of the NFT, again, let's go back to utility of the game. I understand fantasy. Um, so if I have an NFT of uh, Muhammad Salah and I'm doing fantasy for uh, soccer, is that like i'm having you know in some of the fantasy leagues i'm in you can hold a player from season to season like how long yeah so do that does the utility last and like just go through a little bit more in the details of the utility of the game because again if that's the differentiator understanding that aspect of it i think is important
4: yeah so our cards exist as nfts uh, which is uh how i was starting and unlike a you know i spent years at espn and before that played years on espn before joining if you, if you get the first pick in, uh, your MLB draft or your fan, like you're, you're picking Otani, you get the first pick in NBA, you're probably picking Giannis. Um, the difference here is you're playing against the world and you're also playing with your cards, the cards that you own that you've chosen to collect and, or you've earned through your gameplay. Uh, when you have those cards and you have the collection, you're fielding a roster that roster is comprised of cards at different scarcities, but, um, you are playing the game with the cards that you own yep. and you're choosing in a given period of week who to play based on matchups, positions, ranking, ranking, et cetera. So it's a, week, we,
3: it's a weekly, it's a weekly game. So right now have-
4: in soccer, we run two uh, tournaments a week. Um, and they are comprised of a couple different variables. One is you can play based on the card scarcity. So we have divisions based on there's a free to play that's common there is yellow, in our terminology is called limited, um, rare, super rare, unique. You can play against like-minded cards. You can uh-huh. also play against other filters or things that we've uh, created or editorialized, if you will. Geographic, age, yep. we have an under-23 division. We have classifications on uh, a player for something called underdog league, which might score under a given ranking, so it encourages more scouting. We can, we can be really creative there. And then we hold back a portion of the population of cards as rewards for the gameplay. So as you play, not only is your card, hopefully you're getting enjoyment. You're having fun. That is the most core part of the whole thing. That should be fun. Um, but you're also able to grow your card base uh, through good and and hopefully great gameplay. Does it impact?
3: So again, the uniqueness of me being the only one that can, that can have, um, Mohamed Salah, um, you know, or, or perhaps Luis Diaz is who I'd want to have at this point. Does that impact scalability? Because, you know, if you want many, many people to do this, yes, you'll have the, the free cards that multiple people can have, you know, maybe lesser players. But if only one person has Luis Diaz, does that make it less interesting in terms of the utility of, the, of, the, um, of what you're doing?
1: Um so uh, the, the way we've built it uh is uh that so, so far like let's take mosala so you would have the unique uh, uh mosala then you have the Super Rare, which is 10 edition the realm 100 the limited 1000 uh and so like b- basically like you would have uh game modes attached to these different tiers or scarcities right Got so it. that's like if you are playing with like more resources, you can go with the unique, play only with the black counts. And if you, are, if you have a lower budget, you, you can go uh, towards the bottom of the, of the pyramid, basically. So that, that's the way we solve uh,
4: this. And I think first, it is really important to our gameplay and to our, and this is Nico and Adrian's, uh, you know, core to their founding and philosophy. There are the same number of cards for every player. So the best in the world, as and this is the number we have in soccer, and it will be a different number as we talk yeah. about MLB because of sport and population. Wait,
2: wait can, can, I, can I just step in for a second? Why should there be only the same? Like, why shouldn't there be more rarity to certain players and others because they're like just to create exclusivity?
1: Yeah, it, it, it was like uh, it was a very important point for us uh, to treat all the players in the same way and then to let the market speak uh that, that was really like a fundamental point and we want like like do we want to be like the, the you know the people saying okay like it's going to be like uh that number of uh, lebron and that number of pianists and why like what are the criteria we are taking for to do that like are we like
2: like why <laughs> so we kind of do
1: that so so
2: like so we, your we, point is the market's going to set the price and you're just going to fix and the, whether there's a thousand or ten thousand or a hundred that's that's the only decision you're making is just how many there are of each one, and,
1: then, exactly. and that creates. And the, also, go
4: ahead, Nico. Yeah, Sorry, no, yeah,
1: uh,
2: yeah, like,
1: and also like the way you you um you put them in the market, right? Like you like there's a way to to, to like to manage supply and demand across the season, right? Like, and you, you cannot sell them all at the beginning, so this is also like a decision like uh, that that we we,
0: we control. So how do you create rarity then? Are there different versions of the LeBron card? Is that so, how it works?
4: So there are, uh, obviously we're talking about soccer and, and the, the MLB baseballs behind No, them. I know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but he brought um, up the, the LeBron yeah, example. You got to so stick soccer, to your background though, Brandon. Maybe that's aspirational.
0: Ask, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: So in, in soccer, there are 1,111 cards for every player. There's one one of one unique. There are 10 super rare, 100 rare, yeah. 1000 limited, and so on. Uh, because the, the, the free to play game, uh, that number is effectively, you know, it's randomized to the player, but it's uh, not capped. Um, so that creates the scarcity. We then are able in a given game week to, and that also not just creates a scarcity, it is publicly and uh, permanently clear as to what the serial number on a card is. And by the way, I am a huge card collector. I love cards. The cardboard stuff that Richard was starting with, that's me. Um, And I don't know how many print runs there are of all of those. Um, Now you do when they're serial numbered, but that is core to who we are. You can then take those and we can now start to create some really interesting game dynamics. Um, And that can be forced on limiteds are only going to play limiteds. Hypothetically, it could be based on scoring preference, but that's the utility aspect to the Right. If you have these, you own them, and then there's no reason not to play them at that point. Um, and as you play them, and uh, uh, hopefully you're also uh, amassing more cards through the gameplay as well.
0: I'm sorry, Brandon, go ahead. I was going to ask how the prize pools work and if for rarer um, cards, when those match up, I assume the prize pools are better i don't know about bigger because i don't know what if there's a financial kind of aspect to the reward system i had read that you give away tickets and other things probably in conjunction with the leaks can you can you explain the rewards
1: yes uh so we there, there's uh, uh like like Two big types of rewards. Uh, one uh, is uh, NFT counts. So basically, in the real like uh, division, like you would get real <laughs> cards from the highest scarcity. Uh, and there's also like money can't buy uh, experiences, right? Like so, uh, you would uh, you would get uh, um, like an NFT, which is actually a ticket to go to to the stadium. Uh, you would get like uh, uh, like experiences in the real world uh, in general. Uh, so th- there are the types of rewards uh, that uh, that we have
0: what about is, is, is have people been gambling with these on the side do you know kind of if if there's been other utility that isn't necessarily sponsored by you guys um, that's that's kind of happen
1: um, so in in the in the like the product decision that we've made uh that was very clear from the first day that the game will always be free to play right uh so like you can enter like you can think about like um owning these nfts or being part of a club and accessing cool experiences because you own it, because you own those nfts so uh you own the nft you can enter the fantasy game uh and uh and that's uh and so so that's obviously like nothing to do with with gambling then you can you can move uh discounts uh inside games and side experiences right uh and uh and we we don't you know we don't uh, we don't support uh gambling uh, uh in in particular uh this is uh this is yeah this is not something that's part of the uh, of the of the broader vision uh at this uh, at this
4: point but if you take take the uh the gambling part of that uh, um which is not applicable here the the other part though is which is because it's an NFT and this stuff is on the chain and it is public, there is an ecosystem that can support um, our community, our cards. And so we have seen other interesting companies um, go deeper into areas than either we are resourced or prioritized at the moment. Um, and so there are great Companies. There's a company named Silver Data that go really deep into the data side and and thinking about projections and whatnot. There are other people who are thinking about maybe maybe they have a better version of the game uh, dynamic that we haven't created. Um, That's great. Uh, They should be allowed to do that. Um, And the the interesting part about the NFT side is we can validate and, and verify that I own XYZ card, Rich owns XYZ card. Um, and the nft like, these are the core pieces from um, kind of the chain that
2: allows those pieces to occur yep could could somebody create a gamble a, a, an actual gambling business built on the cards uh,
1: like technically yes uh, legally no <laughs> 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 I think I think the, the answer is uh, as simple as like technically like these nfts are uh, uh, you know like they, they are um, uh, based on a public database which is the blockchain so anyone can come and creatively like build experiences on top of it so uh technically you know we this is not something we can prevent uh by the way the same way that uh, you cannot prevent uh uh you know, like someone to take screenshot of like game items in a video game and you use them in different games like that's that's uh, no different uh but then like legally like using our ip uh and the ip of our partners uh in an environment that you know like we, we we don't want to So,
4: sure is, is not something that we, we would we would let the, the, the reality is i don't think there's anything we could offer that they that if someone was inclined or wanting to do that that they wouldn't be able to do directly with those you know the platforms that already exist there i, I don't see what yeah. our what our additive value even if we wanted to and that's not what we want to do um would be yeah Maybe
0: shifting gears a little bit, can you talk about the licensing deals that you've struck over the years? I mean, probably starting with football or soccer um, and then you know leading us up to MLB and how the leagues and the players are compensated and how you make money.
1: Yeah, definitely. J- just like very briefly before jumping into the deals, like I think the uh, so uh, w- Walter was uh, touching on a very interesting point on the gameplay. I'm not sure I uh, answered the question. Like uh, uh, the utility value across the seasons. Uh, I think this is something that is very strong um, in um, in in the product. Like the fact that you can scout players uh, sometimes in tier two or tier three leagues, uh, and unlike other sports game, you would keep them uh as long as the player i mean you you keep them forever like that that's the true ownership of the nft and you can use it as long as the player uh is uh, is playing on the pitch right so that's uh that that's uh, that's a very cool part uh of uh, of the game even if the player gets transferred uh to a bigger club you can still uh, you know, use the count that you own, the rookie count let's say, uh, and the old jersey, and and play it with the the, the new statistics, uh, uh, and so that that that's a really good part of the, of the gameplay. Um, um, but back to your question, uh, Brandon. Sorry for like the. That's okay. Uh, that was a good
0: clarification.
1: Uh, um, so, so the deal, so soccer so is um, is very fragmented i think that's that's a big difference obviously with us sports like literally you need to have like hundreds of contracts uh in place uh to have like a, a broad coverage uh of the sport uh and so sometimes uh you need to go club by club uh, uh like in brazil for instance you, you need to go club by, club by club because the league don't own uh you know the the rights from a central perspective. Sometimes you need to go to the league only, like in Germany, you you go to the Bundesliga and you get everything. Sometimes you need to go to the player union and the league, so that there's no like rule. Like there, there's a lot of subtleties uh, depending on the geographies. Uh, so that that's what, that that's that's uh, one point. And then the model is um, um, actually very simple. That's a traditional licensing model. So we would pay um, at the beginning of the season uh, advanced uh, realties. So we we, we pay that before selling the first count. And then we would uh, uh, share realties on the primary market. So when we sell counts for the first time. And then, and this is the new part uh, on the secondary market. Uh, so um, that's, um, yeah, that's that's the that's the model. And so, in exchange for that, we get uh, IP, obviously,
4: and uh, marketing support. And I think the um, a, te- a testament. It's just it's a small team, uh, but a testament to. Nico and said team is we we have over 250 soccer clubs and leagues aboard. Uh, so I mean, soccer is fragmented and complicated for that reason. Um, but we are a global product. And when we say it's global soccer or football, it, it truly is. Our user base, uh, is global, um, with a pretty distributed footprint, both in users, registered users, activity payments. Um, and that's part of the reason why. I mean, there's a bunch of reasons, but that is uh, one reason why we're so excited about the MLB side is how it complements an already global footprint, um, and how eventually, uh, you know, these sports can move together, um, and you can think about users traversing multi-sport and so forth.
3: It Matter in terms of the league, who gets paid in terms of those shared royalties, meaning that like going to clubs versus individual players, and then even beyond that like not even maybe some leagues not even enabling you to go to club by club and they want to strike the deal at the league level can you just talk about the different sport yep. le- sports leagues, which are easy which are challenging and how they might be different
1: yeah so the, the, uh, the, there's a lot of subtleties and differences but the, i can i can i can generalize with two models so you have one model uh, where well, uh you would go to the league uh so the money would flow to the league and then from the league to the clubs and then uh, the players have individual contracts uh with their clubs well you know part of it uh, does rights yep. uh within the contracts right so that's one model uh and then you have a second model where you would get uh, a deal with the league uh, and a deal oh, with no i understand
3: the- that that can be the differences which ones are which though in terms of reality in, in your negotiations oh, yeah in so terms of, far.
1: oh yeah in terms yeah. of reality, oh okay um so uh, so in uh, in uh, in germany uh it's uh, it's a deal directly with uh, the league uh mm-hmm. and then the money flowing to the clubs uh that's the same uh uh in the uk with the premier league uh, if you think about the Latin leagues, uh, uh, so uh, Spain, uh, Italy uh, and France, uh, there's, uh, uh, there's a, a, un- the union uh, and uh, the league. So part of the money is, is flowing to the player union and part of it is fl- flowing to the to the league. Uh, so that's uh, yeah, that's how it works uh, with the top five. So uh, so when someone owns <laughs> it and,
3: and if someone owns it and then sells it for a higher price at some later point, um, Are there incremental royalties that get paid through to the clubs then
1: exactly exactly what what happens
3: on the flip side meaning that because obviously we're seeing you know the dark side of crypto more recently nfts let's say i bought you know paid a 500 grand for one of these cards um and then sold it for 100 grand so it's less do i still get paid money as from the club
1: yeah. So uh, right now we, we haven't introduced the the, the commission on the secondary market uh, for soccer. This is something we uh, we we are we are studying for uh, for the future. This is something we will do for US sports uh, from the get go uh, or close to the to the to the launch. Um, and uh, and uh, to, to to your question, yes, like we we will take a commission on the transaction. So whatever the price of the transaction, we will take a cut, like um, any marketplace, basically.
4: And kind of to, to swing back, uh, that was not an intended, and it is a terrible pun. Uh, to the MLB side, the obviously you know here this is a deal with the MLB and the MLBPA uh and so those you know it's a it's it's the trio of us mlb MLB, mlbpa those three together uh you know there's uh just a couple conversations there those lead to long conversations uh but with that our cards our gameplay will have league marks team marks player marks um and so there are nuanced differences not just within uh each sport but then also you know league to league and in this case um, you know, there's three logos behind rich and, and that's, uh, that's who that partnership's with.
2: So maybe the, the obvious question to follow up on that is like, since leagues are getting paid new money, players are getting paid new money. Um, why would everyone not want to do this? Like what's, what would be stopping a league or a player's union or even a player directly? Like what would be the, the argument against working with so rare? they should all work with silver so No, but, yeah. but I mean, uh, you know, are, are you giving up exclusivity or like are you giving up potentially four other competitors that you might want to work with? Like, you know, Look, I, I guess we, I'm just trying to think of like, yeah. why would the, why would deals not happen um, f- as you go forward?
4: Well, I think, you know, if, if on the licensing side and I lived this in a very different world at, at ESPN, where our business, you know, really stood at the requiring rights. Um, you gotta be thoughtful about this stuff. And we think a lot about this as well on our side, which is we, we have to carry their brands and their, their marks, uh, with great care. Uh, similarly on their side, I think this business in general, if we started and we spend a lot of time talking about scarcity, scarcity, um, uh, is required not just within a company and someone who's thinking about it, but also a market, right? If you had an infinite number of these and it wasn't an exclusive vendor, that's a different outcome over time as well. And, and might be short-term nice, but long-term I think devalued. And so they need to be thoughtful around who's the right partner to work with, who's thinking about this. You know, this is my sales sales pitch, but someone who thinks about this nonstop and, and, you know, we, we know what we want to be. We want to be very, Laser focused and narrowly focused on NFT based games. Um, and that's where our eyes are pointed. Uh, and so that's the lane we're trying to work with. Uh, and that's the lane with which we'll work with MLB. And they'll have success with other people in other lanes. Yeah, so, exit. Exa- oh,
1: sorry. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. no so uh, I. So I think we do see NFTs as a technology, like mobile or the web, and 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 so like we have a very specific use case where we seek uh, exclusivity, and um, and as Rand said, like that there would be like uh, other companies like building successful businesses with different type uh, of uh, uh, of businesses. But but the questions like we we've heard from the unions and and the leagues are like who is uh, for for our category, obviously who is the best player. Uh, the best team uh to help us build a billion dollar business out of this? Who uh is going to help us uh reach a broader audience, a global audience, and uh and and make a difference there. Who's going to build the best experience for the fans? Um and I, I think we 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 you know we we had and we have uh compelling res- like answers uh for 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 those three big questions um which um uh, plus the experience obviously with with Soka, 1.8 million uh, registered users without any paid marketing, uh, closing the year last year with uh, 325 million uh, in uh, in uh, in sales. Uh, so uh, so basically proven expertise, right? Like not only being the category creators, category leaders. Uh, but 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 uh, but proven exper- expertise and results. So um, so so uh, yeah, I believe those are the three big uh, reasons why like um, unions and leagues like to partner with us.
2: Ryan, you're sort of in sort of the most interesting position because it's sort of you've lived through traditional legacy media and how it tries to pivot to the future you got involved with sports betting probably at the time when sports betting was at its pinnacle of excitement you know not just here but you know certainly in the US but i'd even say sort of around the world and now you've jumped into sort of the nft fantasy world and i guess it, it, put your mlb hat on maybe for a second like if you were if we were sitting in sort of kenny gersh's shoes who uh, i know was on the other side of this transaction but if you're sitting on the mlb side All these sports leagues are trying to figure out how they improve engagement you know, they see ratings are sagging, you know, ratings are struggling. You saw that at ESPN when you were there. That's nothing new. And it's only getting worse. And listen to Chapek talk about it last night on Disney's earnings call. And so, you know, sports viewership is down. Sports betting, like, you know, true gambling has certainly not led to this resurgence in viewership that was sort of hoped about. I mean, yes, we're not fully legal in the U.S., but certainly as legalization has happened, we haven't seen a revitalization of ratings how does this sort of how does this change the argument or how is this different in terms of like a new hope or something new that can reinvigorate whether it's viewership or just fandom in general? Why is this different or how do you think? Cause obviously that's, I assume that's why you came to so rare. So maybe just explain like how you think about the importance of this to the leagues.
4: Yes. So first two prongs set. First, I will say, COMPs matter. So um, while I agree with most of what you just
2: said, you can tell um, me what you disagree with. Actually, you can feel free.
4: Well, I agree with the, the, um, the engagement focus and so forth, but ratings have actually been good over. It depends on the comp, right? If you pull it back 10 years or whatever, but they've been healthy and positive in uh, over a much more compressed period. That doesn't mean that in the macro, like start to zoom out, that they don't go down. Um, and so here's the example I give a lot. Of. At ESPN, and I love ESPN, we all had every single person has the same business card. It doesn't matter what your title is, whether you're Jimmy or you're me or whoever, you have the same business card and it says serve sports fans anytime, anywhere. And that that is all I thought about for however many years, eight and a half years how do you reach new fans? So how do you widen? And then how do you go deeper? How do you drive fandom within? And that's what every single employee thinks about. I venture to guess that that version of a card, that version of a mission is no different at any league office, maybe said slightly differently. It's really not different in our office. Um, Like when we think about how we want to achieve Nico and I don't just dis- generally discuss things around optimization of dollars. It's optimization around usage and users. Ultimately, the good stuff all comes if you have those and anything else is short term if you aren't driving that. So then you start to think about the verticals of how do you reach new fans? I know for fact on the fantasy side, like the traditional season long fantasy, the meaningful part there and the example I would give all the time. And I say this when I worked at ESPN, so I'm not sharing anything. But our most engaged users played fantasy football and they spent over a hundred minutes per session on us or not session on, on a Sunday ESPN airs, no football on Sunday. And so like, okay, that's great. That's really deep and different. And now look at how people watch red zone, which is how I watch, right? I watch the Patriots, but it's not the Patriots. I watch red zone. Well, MLB has a great product there. NBA has a great product there. And so that's sort of satisfying one. I think trading cards matter a great deal there, right? Like how many people were introduced to Wander Franco last year through trading cards, Acuna and Alvarez and Notani and so forth. Fantasy, now you have trading cards. Trading and fantasy, right? (laughs) Yep. We are literally the intersection of that. And that is, but like, that's what I was, I spend my personal time on both of those things. What a blessing to be able to join a company and do this for a living where you're now kind of intersecting those. On the other spectrum where I spent my prior, like on the betting side, I think it's the same thing, which is for the majority of people, not all, placing the bet or listening to Bill Simmons on Monday morning, give the lines or looking at the box score and and looking at kind of like last night's game, which breaks my heart on the Celtics, like the data of where and when, win projections, and it's fascinating. Um, And so we're reaching different levels of fan and driving engagement For some people that's totally additive or supplemental, Um, but it is different than like how we grew up all rooting for the team that is geographically or, you know, family-based.
0: When you think about baseball, is it easier to kind of accomplish what you want to with baseball than it is with soccer because of all of the statistics that you have in the game i mean i just i think about my own fandom and i'm deep down the fantasy rabbit hole you know since i'm probably eight years old um and thinking about all the statistics that are there and it it just seems like it's the pinnacle of um of creating the utility that you want to create
4: so it really is for our gameplay it is a perfect sport Uh, for, it sounds like you, I know for fact, for me, it is my, it is how I first played tennis and it's running through the box scores as a commissioner and so forth, running through the box scores. They're rich with data ever. You know, there's lots of players. They all have interesting stats lines. Everyone plays 162 games. Everyone plays roughly six games a week in two series. So it's very rhythmic and calendared prospecting, which is core to our soccer game. That is really core to, uh baseball who was i think one of the most traded or certainly one of the most uh sought after cards on the card market was wander franco he didn't play until uh fall and was remarkable and so that is core to kind of what the game is um and then if you think about on the collecting side for a lot of people again i'll talk about myself uh that's the first set of cards you get. That's the first set of cards you open. And so these things are very naturally put together. Uh, it it is a, it is a great sport for all the reasons you described and, uh, our platform will hopefully do it justice.
0: Amazing. Um, you want
3: to go to the Q and a here, we have one from an anonymous attendee, (laughs) um, maybe someone that trades Pokemon cards rich said everyone collects something how is free to play monetized via ads or is the proposition to upsell customers um, to paid nfts if you can go through that'd be great thank you
4: you want oh i can do it um so there are we we don't think of the free to play side as monetization um the um there are not ads on the site we're not Collecting you know, CPMs, et cetera, uh, I, I don't want to say never, like are there interesting integrations that are relevant over time? Maybe, but th- that, that is not something we think about. Uh, again, I, I, this is a super simplistic answer. Our business, our company, our partners all benefit if we can get as many people playing actively in as many sessions as possible. And if that means that the five of us on this screen all play in different tiers, so be it, awesome. Um, and obviously we want to think about how you play on the free to play, uh, as actively as possible. And if you do, you're probably inclined to move up to limited and so forth. Um, and we might give you rewards to do that over time. Um, but again, monetization is not, we happen to have a good business. It's going well. Um, but our driver is, uh, our focus is driving the usage side.
2: If, if I could just jump in though on that, like, Cause I think Walt's asking that, you know, that anonymous question, is sort of interesting. Like you have tons of MLB and MLB player association sponsors that like spend a tremendous amount of money on, you know, putting logos on jerseys and ads behind home plate. Like they, they want to, I mean, they're trying to figure out how, you know, brands are like trying to, figure how they, yeah, exactly. No, but they're all trying to <laughs> too soon, too soon. Uh, it's just cruel. Um, no, but I mean, all of these brands are trying to reach consumers and you have a digital sort of, you know, a, a, this digital asset that could literally have any form of branding on it. I know you're not doing it today, but it, it, forget about even like traditional advertising, but just sort of yeah, I mean, reaching sponsors seems like a, just a natural progression. I mean, unless I'm missing something here.
4: I think we, our approach is is and will be. What's the best thing for the user in the community? So, how is it additive? Uh, There's ways to do that with rewards and the ways to do that with user experiences, fan experiences. There's ways to do that. And, you know, we got a ways to go here, but there's ways to do that around. Game creation. Um, imagine Louisville or someone, and, and if, if that's part of this, we could focus on home runs and make games only around home runs or web gems, which is, you know, your classic ESPN Sunday night. Uh, we can be super creative here. I think these things are more effective uh, down the road uh, as we hopefully have large, engaged audiences. Um but even when we are at that point, it will be from a fan perspective. It won't be from CPMs or whatnot.
2: So, you know, going back to where you were talking about sort of the, the really building fandom, what have you seen? I think you said 1.8 million players across Europe or across the world, are playing European football of some sort. What are the demographics of those players or those, you know, your, your um, participants look like? relative to the average demos watching TV? And so I guess sort of the, then obviously to Brandon's question, I find most of the people that care about Major League Baseball are Brandon's age and up, uh, no offense. But like, what? how do you think this sort of changes the demos uh, for MLB? And are they thinking about that?
1: Yeah, so uh, it's uh, mostly like mo- more than two friends, uh between 18 uh, and uh, 34 years old. Uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of age, uh, in terms of uh, geography, as uh, Ryan said, uh, it's really a, a global product, like we are selling uh, in 180 uh, countries. Uh, and uh, and it's uh, like the, the the like the, the biggest uh, geo is still uh, Europe, but uh, US is uh, already in the top five uh, in terms of uh, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of geography, and we we are uh, we are growing faster in Asia, uh, and uh, and and then it's uh, it's still um, it's still like um, I would say urban uh, and uh, educated type of uh, use on persona. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, I think one of the big, uh, uh, goal that we are pursuing this year is to, uh, you know, to, to grow, uh, to, you know, to the, to the next user persona, like every, every day, like, a uh, uh, football fan. Uh, and, uh, and, and for that, like we, uh, we have like big goals around like making the game more fun, more social, uh, improve the free to play, uh, part, uh, of the game. Uh, so these are all like big topics for us internally. When I think of fun <laughs> and social, um, it brings
3: us back to an earlier topic, which is gambling, especially as it relates to to fantasy, because that's a lot of fun. and i don't I'm not sure that there's anything more associated with gambling than fantasy, which is effectively the utility. But Ryan, when we brought that topic up earlier, you were just like, well, we're not doing that, and <laughs> it can be done. but so what are the what are the kind of aspects from a regulatory standpoint, whether you in, effectively enable it, right? by having this, you know, these cards for other people or yourselves to, to have this, that's this really explode on the gambling front. Cause, cause clearly they're, you know, that's a highly regulated um, area. Uh, how does that vary by market? How do you see that kind of playing out? Would be great. Thank you.
4: Yep. I, I spent, you know, my prior uh, job was in that market. Th- this is fundamentally different. Um, and we're not, trying to facilitate that. We don't believe that that's part of the gameplay. Um, We're not asking stakes to be put down. We're not going to facilitate stakes getting put down. Um, When we say social, it means, and we see this organically happening, both physically, we see it on on social itself, uh, where right now you're competing against others in a uh, population of other, uh, we call them managers, but managers who are um, playing within the se- same tournament. We haven't done a great job yet of facilitating, you know, Nico and I, in addition to playing there, playing with ourselves. And while I respect some of what you said I uh, on the counter at ESPN, we never facilitated any, anything there. And there's a lot of leagues I play in, including two active baseball leagues right now where it's literally two stay in touch with friends and to have communication uh and, and you know the shit talking, whatever you want to call it um
3: and you don't gamble with those friends because i've got leagues on espn as well and there's always money involved i i do not um <laughs> the, i mean uh, what percentage of those fantasy leagues on espn do you think there's not some paypal action on the backside or i guess it's venmo now
4: i i I'm sure there is plenty. I don't know how to quantify that. I don't know if we ever could. No,
3: I, it's more of a kind of a, you know, yeah, subjective but remember, a subjective jab at saying like this seems like kind of an obvious way to to get more engagement, right?
4: But our, but our engagement's not coming from that. It's coming from uh, we have a reward mechanism in the form of cards that, and we have a and and that is uh part of it. We have a you know, for people who buy and sell trading cards of which I have a lot behind me, um, right? Like you do some of that to because of what you root for and, and love. And I have big collections of very specific things, and then I have others where I, I, and my kids help support a lot on eBay back and forth. And you hope that those go up in value. And then there's other ones where they're you're doing that to fund your personal collection, your PC, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so, like that's the dynamic we're more focused on rather than uh, you know. The world that I, I, yeah, used to be in. We,
1: we, we have we have like uh, ex-gamblers, you know, coming to the product, and uh, the the vast majority of the feedback from them is like, you know, I used to love gambling because of the skin in the game and the emotion watching the game. I mean, everything yeah. that we know about gambling, right? Uh, and they and and they are like, okay, but that was very transactional, right? I put money, I win, I lose, and that's it. And then I do it again and again and again. Uh, When you come to Surreal, like you buy cards, collectibles, you enter into these tournaments and you have the same type of skin in the game because, you know, obviously based on what's happened, like you can win something and sometimes something big. But at the end of the tournament, you still own your cards and you still have this connection, right? So uh, we... Like in my mind, we are bringing the best of the free-to-play games, like the social elements and so on, and the best uh, of like the like the, the DFS or whatever you, you you want to to call them. Uh, uh, so uh, in a unique way, with uh, with this connection with the NFT that you truly own and and keep on like uh, across the seasons.
0: Can I ask a technical question, kind of shifting gears a little. Um, you're built on the Ethereum blockchain. Why did you decide to use Ethereum, given obviously the extra, you know, costs around that, as opposed to maybe using a layer two or Solana or something else?
1: Yeah, so um, so so like, like I think in terms of product philosophy um we always made everything uh to abstract all the complexity for everyday fun right like so uh you know you can come with your credit card we partner with stripe it's one click you generate we generate your wallet on the go so we really abstract all the complexity in terms of blockchain infrastructure uh we made two decisions first we are not blockchain builders we don't have a token we don't have our own blockchain so this is something really that set us apart in the broader nft space when you look at all the other players, like a lot of other players right like took this this road we we didn't like we are an entertainment company and and we want to bring joy and fun to to fans and 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 that that that's our job uh and then the the, the second thing that we did is so actually to stay in the ethereum ecosystem because that's that's why like the the security the scalability the history like like the talents the money is uh but we are building actually on the layer two so we are not uh, on the ethereum chain oh okay are on, you are okay yeah we are on we are on Starkware, which is a, a zero knowledge uh proof uh type of uh, layer two uh, on top of ethereum do we
0: have, yeah. i think we, go ahead rich
2: yeah i was just going to ask the other um we have people really like asking you anonymous questions you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, is there any exclusivity component to these licensing deals with the leagues? Would anything prevent MLB from licensing these same rights to a competitor?
1: Uh, yeah, so the, the answer is yes, uh, we, we do have long term uh, and, uh, and uh, exclusive deals uh, in our category. Uh,
2: yep. And so that's really if you think about it, sort of like the biggest risk to the leagues is is picking the right partner. In terms of like, when I asked you before, why would everyone not just want to do this? Because it's obviously new incremental dollars, whatever the size of them are.
4: But isn't that true across any rights, right?
2: Like the, the. Yeah, I guess it's a little different when I think about sort of licensing highlights or doing things with like, you know, it's like they do something with Snapchat. They don't not do something with Instagram, right? Like you sort of all of these platforms sort of get some access, some base level access to content where it's not like we're only going to work with Snapchat to the detriment of, of Instagram. They haven't done that in in sort of social no, media, broadly defined. Media rights, you're certainly correct.
4: Yeah, I mean, look at, again, back to ratings and engagement. I think the NHL is doing pretty well right now uh, in, on ESPN and we're in the playoffs. And yep. there are, um, my point is, I think there's always... An importance for all sides to think about what's the right thing for the usage and the right thing to grow um, beyond just the the transactional side. Um, you know, there are parts that are commoditized. Uh, that's not to say I lived in that some of the highlight parts or whatnot, but um, I think you also need to think through in our world and other things, no different than if you were to put the games on or formats of games on air. Um, for us, if these existed in a bunch of locations, scarcity no longer matters. And uh, go back to 1990s basketball cards, and we have a good example of what happens when there's mass production of this stuff. And so, you know, the the exclusivity is really important there. And if you are choosing that on both sides, you got to make sure you're with the right partners, uh, just like, you know, we are very thoughtful about MLB being our first non-soccer sport. Uh, and that's a decision and a resource prioritization, and all those sorts of things on our end as well. Um, and so we we obviously are confident and feel great about that. We uh, hope that they would say the same on ours.
2: Do, do media rights have any intrinsic value to you? Like, would partnering with somebody that has media rights be helpful in any way or, or completely unrelated to what you're doing and wouldn't be valuable?
4: I think if. I mean, I think your definition of media rights probably is is looking more like game and so forth.
2: Um, Yeah, I'm saying like there was live, if you you were partnered with, I don't know, let's just say you were partnered with Fox and CBS because they have Sunday afternoon football rights because you're going to launch an NFL product. Are you better off with an NFL, NFL, NFLPA or an NFL, NFL, NFLPA and CBS and Fox deal? Like, does it help you to be partnered with the media rights holders or is it just completely irrelevant as long as you have the leagues?
4: I think, it, I mean, the reality is it always depends on what the outcome or the, or the integration is. And we've seen this, like, again, in my old world, uh, you see this a lot. And the, the betting integrations uh, that are the best are the ones that are really um, integrated. Uh, like, you know, I listen to the Simmons podcast and thank the world of him. And um, he does what? Four, four podcasts a week. FanDuel is very intimately integrated with what he does. Um, it's part of the content. It's, it's no longer an ad at that point. It's integrated. Um, and so if we were ever to, to do something with someone on the side, in that case, the broadcaster, like it, 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 the value for both come out when hopefully it feels real and integrated. Um, fantasy on ESPN, like that's one of the beauties of it is, you know, there's Matthew Barry, there's Field Yates, there's these amazing names. It's part of the dialogue. It, it becomes part of the ticker on the bottom and the box score has a different weight that's what I would think about is is um if we were to do something or or have some integration with Sunday Night Baseball or MLB Network like what is it doing to elevate the game or to elevate the fan experience
0: we have a question that's not anonymous um that's just come in it says hi can you help us understand why a league would choose to partner with so rare Versus a competitor, for example, Animoca Brands.
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> I think that um, there's uh, so it's uh, it's uh, it's a broad question because uh, she mentioned uh, uh, another company operating in the what what we we should not call the NFT space again because it's a technology but building different products. So, so Animoca Brands. Uh, but I, I think that what's at uh, the support is that um, we uh, we we have this uh, usage and experiential value that uh, that is really unique, uh, and uh, we have retention levels that are close to Netflix. Uh, so we 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 are uh, we are like really building this engagement uh, for for the fans that is pretty unique uh, in, at this intersection of uh, NFT and sports. Um, we are, we have been here for four years um and uh and we we had a very organic and uh strong traction uh over on the science to reach like uh the, the the very strong metrics that that we mentioned um and yeah we 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 have a, a track record of growing the audience for for the leagues in soccer and soon uh uh, uh in baseball and uh and other sports so so i guess there's are there's are like three big reasons um i don't know ryan if you want to to expand from your point of view if you if you see other points.
4: I think the 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 last reason I think is we're gonna we're gonna be successful here. We're already successful <laughs> in soccer. And as you hopefully build up multiple marketplaces, multiple games, multiple user bases, the big vision is that we are able to move people across sport and people across games, and that we can be like the aha moment to me is that you take Alonzo and if that's the person you love and you also love Mbappe and you trade that card or in the, you know, down the road, there's a way where there's players across multiple sports. We're going to be able to enable all that. Uh, well, you know, we're still, uh, again, excuse the pun, but we're we're in the first inning. Um, but as we get there, I think that's a huge idea. And so there is intrinsic kind of, uh, um, energy already happening in a marketplace and the game is going to be consistent but unique to each sport and
2: that will bear with it a lot of room to grow each it's think, like it's like bezos saying day one i keep using inning but it's, yeah that's fine it's fine you did an mlb deal you're allowed
1: things relevant yeah <laughs> And and yeah, maybe touching on two two last points on the, on the, on the the question uh, uh, from Alana. Um I think the leagues obviously also value the fact that we we are very strongly backed. So we raised the biggest series B in Europe a few months ago, 680 million uh by the back by, by the best investors benchmark excel and more SoftBank, uh and uh and we have been profitable you know from almost the first day so this is something pretty unique as well uh and um and so yeah this this is something that 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 obviously they 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 value uh and uh as ren said uh uh previously uh in in the pod, like we are really focused in being the biggest uh, company in the world of sports and entertainment and nothing else. So um, she mentioned uh, Animoca, so they, they are doing a lot of NFT projects with different brands. We do one thing uh, and and we we are like, uh, all our energy uh, is focused on that.
2: So, you know, I guess the, you guys have had a tremendous amount of success in a pretty short period of time. It's been no secret sort of what you've built with with soccer or football overseas. It's sort of like just, Begs the obvious question of like, why are the why did ESPN or Fox Sports like, you know, why did someone not try to build the same thing in the U.S., the U.S. version of this? And no, I mean, Ryan, I I guess you've worked inside of multiple of these companies. Like, it just seems so obvious to me, like, oh, so rare is doing this for soccer overseas. Let's do this for all the U.S. sports that we broadcast in the U.S.
4: So. I'm gonna start and give credit to Nico, and then I'm gonna come back to the. Uh, to the <laughs> okay, this is not as easy as it seems. Like, and and like, the Nico's partner Adrian uh, starts, you know, ran, runs technology, founding CTO, etc. Like, the blockchain stuff, it's you got to get it right. It's not, it's non-trivial, um, and it is different than I think what you necessarily wake up every day if you're trained to do something else. The same answer to yours is the opposite to why us, which is, I love ESPN. Uh, I have a ton of friends there. Uh, it's true at all the com- at all those companies. We wake up every day and this is all we do and this is all we're going to do. And the hardest part of Nico's job and my job is making sure that we are focused and prioritized, which means cutting a bunch of stuff. These conversations, like they would be fighting for resources and other things at larger companies. They might have more people. They might have more dollars but they're not waking up every day thinking about this. They're capable of thinking about this, but they're also thinking about a thousand other things that I'm spending my day making sure we're not thinking about.
2: Makes sense. You want to wrap us up? No,
0: I mean, just want to say, I really appreciate both of you guys coming here. I know it's a big day for you. Yeah, i'm sure you have a lot of uh media to do today and um and thanks for telling your story
2: thank you so much thank you, thank so you. Much.
0: we look forward to playing
2: yeah it's gonna playing come- trading and and getting involved and getting, getting as
0: many gotta, mets as possible
4: <laughs> so the, the shameless plug go to so rare.com mlb um there's a uh enter your email and as we this will launch in summer so as we get there, you'll get the updates, the notifications, et cetera. In the meantime, obviously, soccer.
2: Yeah, maybe that's just a great question successful. to ask people. Just before before we actually lose you, why did you actually wait to launch midseason versus sort of waiting for a full season? Like, does it matter or did it matter that you weren't getting out before the season actually started?
4: Obviously, if if, if stars are fully aligned, everything works, the deal was done in time and all that kind of stuff, It is it would be better to start on day one of a season than uh, midseason, um, there are realities, uh, and th- it was not lined up that way, um, which is not a critique. But I would rather launch midseason than delay uh, an extra six months or whatever that um, that's an estimate. I don't quite know what exactly what time that would be. Um, and so we'll get out. We will adjust the game, the gameplay, and so forth to be uh, to recognize that that is a fractional season, if you will, and. Keep learning, keep growing, keep improving so that the product we launch in the summer is not as good as the product that will be there at the start of next season. And that's fine. That's
2: anticipated. That's that's a good thing. Thanks, guys. That was great. A lot of fun. Good luck. We'll be watching this summer. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thanks so much.
0: Bye.